Thirty-five years ago, I heard the Lord speak these words into my heart and mind. He said, The love you've been looking for, Neil, all your life, I am that love. I will always remember that moment of intimacy with the Lord as if it happened just yesterday. Why do I bring this up? I bring it up because the Lord is putting together his bride or soon to be his wife. And for one, I feel that a lot, if not most, genuine Christians are not understanding the big picture of God's plan. Look what Ephesians 5.27 says. He has given himself so that he can present the church as his radiant bride, unstained, unwrinkled, and unblemished, completely free from all impurity, holy and innocent before him. Honestly, in those early years of my life, I had been looking for love in all the wrong places. Well, hello and welcome to Fill the Lamp. I'm Neil Parks. As some of you know, there is a term uh, used, SOS. It is used to solicit help. It is actually a Morse code distress signal. Three dots, three dashes, and followed up with three more dots. You see, the German government originated it, and it went worldwide in 1908. Well, with that said, today we're going to step away from Matthew 25 and God's judgment for a bit a bit, and step into what I personally feel is what all the Word of God is about. And that is in one word, love. I truly believe that every person created needs love, whether they think so or not. The Bible is very clear about God and love. I like how Oswald Chambers puts it. He says, God is loving and God loves you. But the understanding, he says, is that God is love, period. Well, we're going to study in this uh, episode and some episodes uh, down the road here in one of the books of love. We're going to dive into and be sure that this is going to take a while. It is what I think, with all of my heart, one of the most needed understandings in all of the Bible. The answer, or if you will, SOS signal help, you might say to everything in life is God, and he is love. And our needs are found in God's word. So if you have your Bible, uh, just kind of follow along with me. And uh, I'm excited and I can't wait. So let's, let's get on with it. Psalm 127, uh, verse 1 says, If God doesn't build the house, the builders only build shacks. If God doesn't guard the city, the night watchman might as well nap. 
It's useless, Scripture says, to rise early and to, and to go to bed late and work your worried fingers to the bone. Don't you know he enjoys giving rest to those he loves? Well, as you as you know, Solomon author, uh, King Solomon authored three books. He wrote Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon. With that said, we will be referring to all three of his writings in this study about love. There is a big learning curve here as King Solomon is sharing a moment of been there, done that information. The point is being made that to understand and experience the love of God, we must know what the alternative is without God. A little history here, if you will, about Solomon as we start into the most needed understanding about God's love for his creation. There's a precursor here, or preface, if you will, for the SOS is Solomon's writing in Ecclesiastes. Let me explain. Here is an account of the writer himself of this book, Ecclesiastes. It was Solomon, for no other son of David was king of Jerusalem. But he conceals his name in Ecclesiastes because by his sin that he was indulged in, he had brought trouble upon himself and his kingdom. He had broken his peace with God and lost the peace of his conscience and therefore was no more worthy of the name king. He says, call me Solomon for call me not Solomon, because for peace I had great bitterness. So he calls himself the preacher. At this point, he felt worthless as he confesses his apostasy was to please his wives that he set up the idols. Now, this is what he's explaining in Nehemiah uh, 13, uh, verse 26. So, you see, a penitent soul, or one that has rambled and gone astray, do you know anybody like that? Like a lost sheep. But Solomon was now reduced and finally came in from his wanderings. He came home to his duty and came to grips with himself. The spirit that was vacated after a thousand vanities has now been collected and made to be sentry in God. Whew. Now we're explaining a little bit about Solomon. You see, he fell, and he is admitting it. You see, divine grace can make great sinners great converts and renew even those to repentance who, after they had known the way of righteousness, turned aside from it and heal their backsliding. Though it is a difficult case, it is only for the penitent soul 
that God will accept. The heart that is broken, not the head that is bowed down like a bulrush only for a day. And it is only the unruffled soul that is the penitent soul that comes back from its vanity that no longer scatters its way to the strangers. Jeremiah three thirteen, But it is united to fear God's name. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And therefore, we have here the words of the penitent and those published if prominent professors of religion fall into gross sin, they are concerned for the honor of God and the repairing of the damage they have done to his kingdom. Openly, these people openly testify their repentance, that the antidote may be administered and extensively as the poison or something stronger. You see, Ecclesiastes, first chapter, verse 1, Solomon wrote, Vanities of vanities, saith the preacher. Now this is the preacher's text. The theme and subject he after enlarges upon and proves by the orientation of details. It is the sum of the whole book of Ecclesiastes. Verse verse 2 again, vanity of vanities. All is vanity. And he says, most extremely vain, exceedingly so. The height of vanity. This is repeated and repeated for the confirmation of it. Men being hard in belief of it, and to show how much the preacher was affected with it himself, and to affect others with the same. You see, Solomon here in Ecclesiastes is setting the stage for the relationship that he's coming back to with God. Uh, The Amplified Version says, What advantage does man have from all his work, which he does under the sun while earthbound? So what what is Solomon trying to tell us here? You see, King Solomon, like his father King David, God used mightily for the benefit of God's purposes. David stumbled and fell like a father. And it's it's like father, like son of, with Solomon. They follow suit, you might say. It sounds like Jesus' story of the prodigal, doesn't it? Well, what we've been studying here recently is about judgment and repentance in the other episodes. And like David, Solomon went through the same trials, temptations, and tests. We Christians are and will go through moments of the same. James, in the, God, in, in, in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 1, it goes on to talk about, count it all joy, 
Look what Malachi uh, says in chapter 3, verse 2. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like launderer's soap. So let's put it into perspective. The bride is being purified to be without spot or wrinkle. Ecclesiastes sets the stage for God's love. Ecclesiastes teaches us that no matter how great our accomplishments are in man's eyes, they will not ultimately have any value if they are not pleasing to God. When Ecclesiastes is understood, it awakens us to a fervency that begins the journey in our SOS. Thus, Ecclesiastes prepares us to understand the Song of Solomon. So here we are for a question. I would pose to you in your life, when you look back, can you see how vain certain things affected you? Or are they still keeping you from God's love? Well, thanks for joining me today, and I hope to see you next time. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for our listeners today. I just want to lift them up like I do each week. Thank you, Father God, for your word. As we dive into these, I think, most important uh, understandings of who you are and where you're going in your plan. Father, so I, I pray that each listener would continue with all their heart to seek you. And your word says, where we seek you with all our heart, you will reveal yourself to us. And so I pray for my listeners in Jesus' precious, precious name. Amen. Well, until next time, I'm Neil Parks.